welcome back. As we continue to wrestle with exploring the limits of what we humans can know, we do know this. Some of you are following along in the book, What We Believe and Why, taking notes and returning to sections after the program. We think this is a great idea and hope it helps you get as much out of our discussions as possible. Well, we're ready to go with the second half of our discussion, so let's jump in. Here's George. Once again, as we begin understanding concepts and how they affect us in our understanding of God and of the Trinity and of our relationships with each other, we're considering what might happen if a new person named Philip is about to come to our church. And what I've learned about Philip is that he's rich, smart, powerful, arrogant, and obnoxious. That's what I've been warned And some in the church tell us that when he comes to visit, I need to make sure that he has a come-to-Jesus moment, that I call him out and name his sin for him and get him straight with God and face-to-face with his arrogance. But others in the church counsel overlooking his obnoxiousness, treating him with deference. After all, People like him are used to giving orders and to having them followed immediately. We need to do no less if we want to win him to our church. We can eat humble pie for the good of the whole church. That's what others counsel. Now, you're probably thinking, I'm going to ask, what's the right response to such a man? But I'm not. We are missing something far more important here. The man, Philip. We haven't yet had the tiniest relationship with Philip. All that we've had is a concept about Philip, whether accurate or not. And all of our thinking, contest, struggle, argument, our debate— has been with a concept, not the man. We have been stuck inside our heads in an internal debate about a concept, a proposition, an idea. We must get outside of our own skin and have an actual relationship with another human being, Philip. That relationship is real. Human, tangible, palpable, incarnate, and it can embody the love of God. Right now, the concept is in the way. Now, Philip, he may be arrogant or humble. He might be rich or suddenly broke, smart or recently brain-damaged, and we may find him difficult or sweet, full of himself, or seeking genuine friendship. We may find constant joy with him, or we might wrestle and argue till the cows come home. But those, those are all realities that unfold in a relationship with the actual human being, Philip. And it is only there that the love of God matters. Whether our concept about Philip is accurate or mistaken 
it will always be insufficient because it is a concept. It is not Philip. We can debate our concepts about Philip forever, and it will be worth exactly nothing, no matter how true the limited description is to which we cling. In the end, all that really matters is if there is a relationship with Philip. Just so with the Trinity. Many great minds have worked for many centuries to spell out exactly what our precise concept is of the Trinity, what the characteristics are of each of the persons, Father, Son, Spirit, what their relative roles and responsibilities are, how they relate and proceed to and from one another, and on and on and on. But we cannot have a relationship with a concept. That's all inside our own heads. We can only have a relationship with God. We must get out of our own heads and have an actual relationship with our Creator. Knowing God is not the same as having well-defined and defendable concepts about God. For Christians, the ultimate example of knowing God is contained in the life and willing sacrifice of Jesus, a name which means Yahweh saves, God saves. Jesus didn't simply have a better set of concepts about God or Trinity. He had a relationship with the Father. And out of this relationship, Jesus says, He who has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus also says that he and the Father are one. We can spend much ink and heat and conversation and argument in deducing and debating philosophical propositions from this assertion, whether the two are actually a single one of the same or similar substance, whether this is just metaphor or if it describes reality, whether one is lesser than or equal to the other, whether one is begotten or created, and what exactly that means, more ontology, whether both existed before time, whether the spirit is separate from the two, and whether he proceeds from one or both, and on and on. These are common concepts and arguments and debates in theology. But when we do this, we have often trapped ourselves in concept and missed relationship. We live like intellectual deists, asserting there is a God, but often having nothing actually to do with him. Some claim that the whole Christian faith is based upon the concept of the Trinity, 
and insists that good Christians must subscribe to it to be truly counted as Christian. But the danger is that this then has become our foundation, not God, but our well-defended, our well-defined concept about God. However accurate the concept is, it is not God. Knowing the concept is not the same as knowing God. Knowing a concept is not a relationship. Now, maybe some solid, thoughtful Trinitarians will say, yes, of course. What's important is the Trinity itself, not our explanations of it. This is obvious. Of course, that's what is important. Of course, that's what we mean and defend. But I don't believe this is what we have actually seen through history. Instead, we fell in love with concepts in a Greek philosophical system, worked out structures and appurtenances to the nth degree, gave religious and biblical labels to the parts. We fought over which was the most beautiful, refined, and true, yet they often became idols made by our own hands and minds, and we spoke bitterly of, shunned, and even killed those who made and embraced other ones. We have made idols of our concepts and fought over them. In so doing, we neglected relationship with the one true God. Trinity is a valuable, useful concept to help us understand the nature of the Godhead. But no matter how true or accurate a concept it is, it is not God, and it is not relationship with God. Relationship is in covenant, not concepts. Relationship is between us and the one who actually made us. It's not between us and our ideas about him. May we each fall back in love with and have relationship with the true God. Thanks, George. Well, as we mentioned, some are finding it helpful to follow along in the book. If that sounds like something that may help you, we encourage you to get a hold of your copy of What We Believe and Why. We're not as interested in selling books as we are in you having a deeper understanding of your faith and having the book as a resource that can be tapped into alongside Bible study or even in group discussions has proven to help. That website is what we believe and why. Dot com. Of course, you can get the book there, but you can also listen to full episodes of past programs if you'd like to hear George dig through some of the topics that are listed in the book. Once again, whatwebelieveandwhy.com. You can find more resources there, and we hope you'll check it out. We also hope you'll join us next time for another edition of What We Believe and Why. <laughs>